You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. This is Angie, your host for today. In the studio with me is Mr. Mark Bird. He is with Revive Ohio. We also have on the line Jason O'Neill, who is a friend of the station and a friend of this whole ministry and outreach. And he is no stranger to going out and just praying with people on the street and doing evangelism. We're going to talk more with Jason in just a minute. But let me set up for you where we're coming from and what we've been doing over the last several weeks. We started out talking about how our lives are transformed by God and how we are born again. And then we went into our identity and how we can have confidence that we are in Christ and that we are adopted into a family. And then we started talking about the sake of the gospel, how we need to be unified for the sake of the gospel. And we're going to continue in that vein and talking about revival. This is what we started in our last podcast and how revival is something that we see God is continuing to do. And we don't want to miss the boat. So Mark has been taken us through Revelation. We've talked in the last podcast about the first three churches mentioned in Revelation. And now we have to cover the last four churches. And what is Jesus saying to each of these churches, Mark? Yeah, it's amazing how Jesus is reaching out to encourage. And, you know, I'm reminded when Jesus corrects us, you know, how is it? How is he able to correct us? And somehow we don't walk away condemned, but we walk away encouraged. Yeah. How is he able to do that? He's the master communicator. He is. And he says, those who I love, I chasten. I chasten. I correct those who I love. So we have to take this correction in love. And somehow I've done this so many times. The Lord corrects me, but I don't walk away hanging my head. I don't walk away discouraged. I walk away encouraged to do better. I think that's because the difference is he's not condemning us. He's correcting us. Yes. He still loves us. When you correct your child, but you do it in love, they go away knowing that they've gotten a correction, not that you hate them. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah, that's for sure. I know my son, (laughs) when I correct him and he'll say, dad, I'm sorry I disappointed you. And I feel that way, you know, about the father. I just think, Lord, yeah, thanks for correcting me. Thanks for reminding me. I don't want to disappoint you. I want to do this right. So we're going to kick into, this is Revelation chapter two, and we're starting in verse 18 today in the letter to the church at Thyatira. And it's interesting how, again, Jesus, Jesus is saying almost a similar thing to what he says earlier. He says, I know your works in verse 19. I know your works. I know your love. I know your service. I know your faith. And I know your patience. And of course, those are all great things. Jesus is saying, I know them, right? I see them. You're doing these things. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. He's saying, I see you excelling in that, in your patience and your works. He says, you're excelling in that again, but nevertheless, I have a few things against you. Again, he's correcting them because he loves us. And he's saying, because you allow that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess to teach and beguile my servants. And he says in verse 21, he says, and I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality and she did not repent. So again, that's showing Jesus' patience. He's patient with us. Those that are, those that are in sin, caught up in sin, he's like, I'm giving you time to repent. And here's my message. You guys need to help with this, right? And then he goes on verse 23 and he said, I will kill her children with death. 
Wow. And who are we actually talking about? Like, I know that this is a word picture. I know this is a, they're not actually talking about one specific woman. It's the spirit of Jezebel, correct? It is. And this church has embraced this person, right? And allowed her to teach. This is what it says, uh, to teach and beguile my servants. So this spirit, right? This spirit of Jezebel has been allowed to be in this church and actually teach others these practices that are against God, right? And then he says this in verse 23 to continue on. He said, and all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and the hearts. And what I wanted to camp on today for this message, for this particular church, Jesus is saying, you know what? I search and I know what's in your heart. I know what's in your mind. And so don't think it because listen, I'm seeing it and I know what you're thinking. And so again, back down to verse 26, uh, and he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end to him, I will give power over the nations. There's the promise. Listen, if you hang on, if you do what I'm saying, if you take heed and repent, I'm going to give you this power, right? Who doesn't want to do that? Moving on then in starting in chapter three, he starts into the letter to the church at Sardis. And he's saying in verse two, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain, like focus on this, get stronger in this, that remain, that are ready to die. For I have not found your works perfect before God. He's saying, listen, you got work to do, (laughs) right? Is what he's saying to all the churches here. And he says, remember, therefore, how you have received and heard. Here's what he's saying. Here's his advice. Hold fast and repent. You notice that all of these letters are letters to the church. And almost all of the letters he's saying to the church, repent. He's not saying that to the sinners. He's saying to the church, repent. Turn back to me. Jason, let me go to you here for a second and uh, have your commentary on that for a minute. Yeah, you're listening to this and, and you might be thinking, wow, that is that is a strong, a strong word. Um, but it's right out of the word. It's right out of the Bible. It's right out of Jesus's mouth. And if you let yourself, you can hear the love and compassion that he's having and his heart crying out, saying, listen, I don't want you to miss out. I don't want you to miss this. I'm against what you're doing. I've seen your works and, and you know what? I'm not, I'm not happy with it, but I, I want to correct you. And, and Mark, you said, you know, when you correct your son, he, he comes back and he's like, I'm sorry that I've disappointed you. When, when these, when you're listening and you're hearing this, I feel like somebody's being almost like a pricked in their heart uh, and, and feeling that conviction by the Holy Spirit uh, of Jesus's words in scripture, allow yourself to feel that and, and know that as sons and daughters of God, I mean, we, we, if he loves us, he corrects us. So this is coming across, uh, maybe you've never heard it before, but it's coming across stiff or, or strong, but you know what? Sometimes we need to be uh, awakened to where we've missed it. I don't want to miss it. My daughter, uh, and, and I have two daughters and a son, uh, they don't want to upset me. They don't want to miss it. They don't. They want to have guidelines and be corrected. They know that I love them when I correct them. They know that my heart is for them to make it and, and not to lose out. And so I, I just somebody is listening right now. Like, listen, 
God wants you to get it. He wants, he, he's constantly, look at how Jesus handled Peter. As much as Peter started doing things and saying things the wrong way or doing things wrong, Jesus kept saying, Peter, listen, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you and I've interceded for you. So don't take this as, as like a real hard shot, man. Take this as correction, which is a positive thing. We want to be right and we want it to be in good standing with the Lord. So receive, receive this correction and make the change. Repent. Repent means to turn and do what he's calling you to do. You have to turn. You have to turn and go the way that he's calling you to go. It, repentance is, is a beautiful thing. Right, Mark? It's, it's an amazing thing. It's repenting from what you're doing wrong is what keeps us healthy and what keeps us in right standing with the Lord. So I love it. I love it. Yeah, so I'm encouraged to go on uh, with verse 3 of chapter 3 of Revelation to the church at Sardis. And he's saying, therefore, if you will not watch... I will come to you as a thief and you will not know what hour I will come to you. He's reminding the church, listen, you got to be ready at all times. And, you know, we've talked about this, Angie, in preparing ourselves. We don't know when Jesus is coming, but he is. In fact, we need to be about our father's business. Right. And he's saying, listen, if you're not ready, if you're not looking, if you're not doing, I'm going to come and surprise you. And he says, here's the promise that he gives them in verse five. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. Who doesn't want to be signed up for that, right? And again, of course, he says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit is saying. Now, moving on to uh, the sixth letter to the church at Philadelphia. He's saying here, skipping down to verse eight, I know your works. One more time, Jesus is saying, listen, church, I know what you're doing. I know what's going on. I see it. And he said, see, I have set before you an open door and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength and have kept my word and have not denied my name. He said, this is the things that you're holding on to. It's almost like saying you're holding on by a thread. But listen, I want to encourage you. Hang on. I know your works. I see that. And he said this in verse 10, because you have kept my commandments to persevere, I will also keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon you, the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. And he says, I'm coming quickly. Hold fast to what you have so that no one may take your crown of life. I just want to pause for a second there because, listen, he's saying, Count this as the precious thing that I have given to you. This is a gift. When I open a door, no man's going to be able to shut it. And when I open the door for you, I'm opening for you to walk through. Again, as a church, Jesus is saying, I'm going to open doors and I want you to walk through them. I don't want you to admire them. Mm. I don't want you to look at the frame. Like I want you to walk through them. And listen, I want you to hold fast to what you got and move through that. I keep in my mind, keep trying to figure out where do I fit and where does my church fit in one of these churches? And I think we all do a little of all of it. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. Uh, the way he puts it, we all kind of fall short, obviously it's really opening my eyes to 
where we've gotten off track in a lot of ways. Yeah, and I do think that we need to examine all of these. And when I read these letters, like I go, okay, well, I probably have characteristics in me that fit all of these, right? Because who is the church? It's not a building. It's not a group. It's not a denomination. It's us. Now, these were physical churches in physical places. But listen, no matter where we are, we have to examine our hearts and our own lives. And like Jason unpacks so well, it's the repentance. Repentance is a gift. It's, it's allowing us to change our minds when our minds are wrong. Yeah. And, and again, back to what Jason had to say, it, it really does show how much he cares about us, that he gives us the word to give us time to fix it. All right. So, Jason, thanks for hanging in there. And I want to hear your heart a little bit on, uh, you know, the message that Jesus wrote to the church at Philadelphia and uh, how that is. He says, barely you're hanging on, but man, hang on. And I want to hear your heart on that one, too, Jason. He could have he could have come hard over the top and he could have scolded and he could have, you know, went a lot further and a lot deeper into exposing they're missing it. The one thing that just shocks me about God is, you know, I think of, and, and I referred to this earlier with Jesus and Peter, but that relationship just, it just wrecks me every time I, I read it or think about it or look into it. Jesus has Peter after the resurrection in front of a, a hot, fiery coals and fish. And he's having a conversation with Peter. And he says, do you love me more than these? And Peter says, Lord, you know that I love you. And we're all familiar with that. He says it three times. And, but in that conversation, Jesus could have very well uh, went back through and unpacked every single episode where Peter missed it, but he didn't. He stayed in that love walk with Peter and said, listen, man, I know you missed it. I know that this is gone. I know that things have gone wrong, but man, I'm giving you time. Like Angie said, I'm giving you time to make it. And that's, that's the beauty of conviction. That's the beauty of correction. That's the beauty of our God who loves us enough to give us an opportunity. I mean, he didn't have to write these letters, right, Mark? I mean, he, he could have just shown up and been like, oh, my bad, you missed it. But he didn't. He's writing them letters and saying, look, man, like you're falling short. Let's make this correction and let's fix this. So like anybody, myself included, it's, it's important for us to always look at what you're doing and, and where your heart is set. It's important to know that, hey, you know, my, my heart is going through an issue and, and I'm, I'm having, I'm not acting right and I'm not doing what the Bible is telling me to do, but, and make that correction and, and embrace it, embrace correction and embrace love, the love of the father that says, listen, you're missing it, but look, we can fix this and we can make this better. It's, it's a beautiful picture for me. It is, Jason. And uh, going into the last church, the, the seventh letter to the church at Laodicea. And uh, to me, this is a big one because I see this very, very frequently and doing what I do. And that is to working with and establishing unity and trying to get churches to realize where we are in America as the church. I see this all the time. And so he begins in verse 15 of chapter three of Revelation. And he says, again, I know your works. You hear this phrase over and over in all these letters. And he's saying, listen, I know what you're doing. I know what you're up to. And then he says, you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. He said, you're in between. You're lukewarm. 
And then he says this in verse 16. So then because you're lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I'll spew you out of my mouth. It's nasty. He said, it, you, you taste nasty to me, Jesus said. And he goes on in verse 17, the definement of what that lukewarm looks like. He said, because you say I'm rich and have become wealthy and I have need of nothing. Do you not know that you are really, truly wretched, miserable, poor, blind and naked? And he's saying, that's really where you are. But because you see... I don't, I don't really need anything. And I hear this from churches all the time. Ah, we got it together. Listen, we don't need revival because, you know, we're sitting pretty good. This is what I hear a lot. And it really scares me because of this. He goes on in verse 18 to say, this is Jesus saying, just like Jason has mentioned a couple times, I counsel you. I'm telling you, I'm trying to help you. Jesus is saying, buy from me gold that is refined in the fire, that you might be rich and you may have white garments and that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. So then anoint your eyes with eye salve so that you may see. And then I'll wrap up with this in verse 19 for here. As many as I love, and this will bring into culmination all of what we're saying to all of these letters and the comments that we've made about it. He said, as many as I love, Jesus is saying, I rebuke and I chasten. That means correct. So therefore, be zealous and repent. Again, one more time, Angie. He's saying, I want you to repent. I want you to change your mind. I want you to rethink about this. I want you to refocus on what I've shown you from the beginning. Mm. That is some very rich stuff. Hey, Jason, you got anything else to wrap up this conversation? The gold tried in the fire. Go to First and Second Peter and read First and Second Peter about that gold that's tried in the fire. A preacher once said that, you know, everything that we're given from the Word of God has to be applied. And then when it's applied, it has to be tested in order for us to know whether we really are hearers of the Word and doers or not. And so that trying by fire, there's only one way to test out what you really believe. And this, this, I mean, I stand firm on it, is to put it into application so that it comes to life in your own life. It's not just lip service. You can't just say, oh, I've heard that or I've read that out of the Word of God. you got to apply it. And so that's that trying of the fire and put up for yourself gold that's been tried by the fire. Everything out of the Word has to come to life in our own lives. And that is, Mark, where you're saying, where the churches are saying, no, we're good, we've got it under control. Man, that's not humility at all. Let's look at it again, and let's see if you are actually applying God's Word in every area of your life. And if you're not in one area, let's fix it, and let's make sure that we're laying up that gold. Stuff. Yeah. And I'm just seeing in all of this, he's saying, listen, I'm giving you a moment of correction so that you'll repent. And he's given us a way out, right? He's given us a way of escape. And of course, I'm reminded of the scripture that says, man, there's no thing ta overtaken you that I'm not going to give you a way of escape. And he's saying here again, listen, 
Come back to me. It's the message that I hear in every single one of these letters. Jesus is saying, come back to me. Turn around. Stop drifting. Stop walking away. Stop moving away. Come back to me. Be zealous, he's saying. Turn around and run to me. Repent, and I will give you life. So this is what I'm gathering from the two of you in this conversation today is that we're talking about revival, but really what we're talking about is repentance that leads us to revival. Am I right? Right on the money. (laughs) So all that you read in scriptures, I just summed it up in one sentence. (laughs) That's true. Tell me the scriptures you were reading again today, Mark. Okay, we are in the book of Revelation, and we are starting in uh, chapter 2, verse 1, and we went clear to the end of chapter 3. Okay. If you want to dig in for yourself, we encourage you to go over these scriptures one more time and find out what the word is saying to you, because God can speak to you directly through the word as well. You are listening to Time to Revive. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at shinefmohio.com. We're community-supported Shine FM.